The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Positive, I, vibrant, I, 2022. Be more positive, vibrant? Make yeah. up your mind. Which one? Both. I th- there you go with the correction. You can be both. We can, we can uh, be dual this year. Um, good Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever. All the above. 17 people listening. It's more than What's that. The, I'm Louis Dix. I'm Jeff Arnold. What's the name of the show? It's In a Man's World. I, I, I talked to Dan in this weekend. He said he couldn't make it. He said he could. Then he said he couldn't. And he said he could. Then he sent me some long text saying that he's not. Re- he loves the show. He loves doing it. Appreciate it. It's just that I guess some Fridays he has some stuff going on. So I thought it was, you know. Well, he was only here on a ten day contract anyway. You always putting things in sports. I told the football <laughs> coach from the school to listen, and he said, "Oh yeah, I loved yeah, Bud. He calls me Bud. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know, Aaron." So. And we had a bet, and of course the Cowboys beat the Eagles. And so I, the bet was a beer, six pack of beer, but I brought him the wrong beer. He's a, he's, a, he's a real guy, guy. He's a, he's a man's man. And what makes him that? Because I like him. He's he's because oh, you like him. No, he's old school. He's you know he's okay. if he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't, he doesn't. He's a good football coach too. As TDP, First year they were undefeated. As TDP would say, you want to date him? No. <laughs> He married with a beautiful little baby boy. Look, I said that like as if he wasn't. I would. <laughs> okay. Clarification. But so I know is he's he not the, listening anyway. Is he the the varsity? He's the head head of the program. That's oh, okay. how we do things. He's the athletic director. No, he's the, the head of the football program. program. Okay. All right. So we All have right. coaches, and we have coaches that are head of their program. Okay. So he runs the the middle school football. Varsity JV, it's his program. Okay, okay cool. So All right. You should know that being a sports guy. Uh, well, they refer to as general managers. All right, let's get with this now. First of all, I was driving down, if you're not in Los Angeles, Crenshaw, in crazy line at Kaiser for COVID testing. Yes, it's all over. I mean, it's COVID, 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 and more COVID. It's everywhere. Testing is practically now on every corner. You think they're going to shut us down? Uh, no. Um, Gavin Newsom, not, he's not going to do that. Even though Maryland is a blue state, Governor Hogan, he shut it. He called a state of emergency for 30 days because hospitalization went up 500%. Oh. So they basically back on punishment. They back on lockdown. A lot of people I know said they tested positive. You know, a lot of the kids and their mom and, you know, um, uh, I don't know. A lot of a lot Have of you people. tested? Yeah, we get tested all the time. Have you tested positive? I was going to be like Kyrie Irving and say it's my personal thing. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I did, and um, I isolated. <laughs> Isolating is interesting. When you isolate for 10 days by yourself, 
you know, Code 3 was just slipping me food under the thing. Where'd you but sleep at? In the room. Oh, okay. In the room. We just put a big shield up to the bed. Oh, wow. I don't know. This but is my half. No. <laughs> like this, his nose took up on her side, so, no, yeah. No, but um, she took care of me. Um, now they're saying it's five days. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the school, I noticed. But you know why they say it's five days now? They cut it from 10 to 5. Why? Because they had the um, CEOs of the airlines. And, uh, yeah, I saw that. They wrote a letter. Yeah. Well, they, they testified before the Senate, Congress, and they were saying that the, um, the isolation period, 10 days, it's hurting the industry because pilots and flight attendants are calling off, and that's too long. And they got to, like, cancel flights. So they That's was right. Like, your you, wife is in that industry. Yeah. It's like, can you cut it in half to five? And then right after that, like, two days after that, the CDDC came out and said, you know, we changed the guidelines. Well, money for, talks. Money I mean, talks. But they, I mean, it's constantly rotating. It's constantly changing. I feel sorry for the young kids because I noticed something on being on campus. These yeah. kids really missed each other. I, Monday when they came back from that. You know, because we were shut down, they right. were going just, we told them not to jump on each other and hug, you know. And they still did it. They just, but you could see that they need, where we, when we were growing up, I really don't remember being that dependent on my school friends. We had, we did had. Did you have any? We had school friends, you had neighborhood friends, and you had family. Okay, did you go. So everybody served a purpose. Did you go to school in your neighborhood? Or did you go I outside got, your I got. You got bust? Yeah. Okay. But it still ended up being a black school. Yeah, but it wasn't in your neighborhood, though. Right. So, Well, I went to elementary school in my neighborhood. Okay, so did you have elementary friends that you had? Yeah, most friends? of those got, yeah, but... but Peanut, uh, Boogie, and Paul? Yeah, well... Uh, How they Paul, going? Paul didn't go to school. Paul just, Fat Paul just lost his brother, who's been in the wheelchair for over 30 years. He got shot when he was, like, 15. Wow. And... Uh, did but they ever find a shooter? They knew him. He lived down the street. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was over some dice game. I don't know. Why are you playing yeah. dice at 15? But, you know, Hustling. rest in peace, Eric. Okay. Uh, but Fat Paul, because last year or year before, Paul lost his wife. And uh -huh. then now his brother. But I And mean, how they doing? They, um, I was surprised his brother had lived that long. I didn't know he had lived that long. Did they, um, all of them survive? They survived in, obviously, COVID, so. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. People in Philly, I was talking to my boy in Philly. He said, it's like a war zone there. Y'all are reckless. Y'all. He said, people don't even stop for stoplights in Philly. Y'all, on Twitter, viral, y'all are right below us. Chicago? Yes. No, Chicago's. No. Yo, y'all are right below us. By that that tier, it's y'all right there. Well, that's that's one of the reasons why I realized I had to get out of there. I just wasn't built like that. I mean, they just, they showed a guy the other night, New Year's. He's on his um, his porch. He just shooting waist high, like in the air. Cars driving by, and he just like, yeah, happy 2022. Uh, happy 2022. Uh. I'm just like. Where do these guys get all this money for bullets? <laughs> Where do they get the guns? You all right? My stomach. Oh, he's such a wussy. Um. <laughs> Got a boo-boo? <laughs> You need some okay. Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so sensitive about this shit. All right, take over, Jeff. I'll be right back. Oh, wow. You got to <laughs> oh, go. Oh, wow. He really does. <laughs> <laughs>
right. That's like the Rick Ross interview. I'll be right back. <laughs> like, right. He's probably not going to come back. Um, I uh, wanted to chime in on the discussion you guys were just having. Um, do you think with this whole, like, Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, has anything to do with the rise on crime because it's almost like cops said, oh, you want to defund our departments? And it's like they don't care to do their job anymore, really. I think it has, it's like a gumbo of everything. I think what, you know, what you said, like with the thing of the uh, defunding the police, them not wanting to do their jobs. It's like now with the verdicts coming out, with Derek Chauvin guilty, and then a woman, she was found guilty of manslaughter. It's to the point now it's like, okay, we're doing our jobs, but now we can go to jail for doing our jobs now. So it's kind of like that, and then just with everything else. It's just like, you know, y'all want to show who's in charge. Y'all don't really need us, so we're going to take our time getting there. I mean, you guess, you still have some police officers that still policing, but now, I mean, it's just to the point where it's just like, okay, it is what it is. You the know? other thing here in California, our district, uh, is the district attorney, um, Gascon, yeah. is super light on oh. crime. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's more, people accuse him of being more on the side of the criminal. Right. Because he has... Um, dismissed a lot of like um, cases, yeah. Special, you know, circumstances like um, it, a few was uh, one was that um, you don't get extra time if there was a if you carrying a gun. It was just some a series of things that people, but they but they voted him in because right. they thought he was going to reform. The police are, you know, yeah, sweep up crime and make and, and come hard on criminals and police, right? You know, yep. he he wrote on the platform that he was gonna, um, also help improve, I guess, the police department. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all politicians. And lie. now, because oh, he he was gonna be harder on. That's what it was. He was gonna be harder on police officers who. Violate um, your rights. Yeah, yeah. Or unjustly, unjustified shootings and all of that. So but you should that, that's what uh, got him in. That's what got Jackie Lacey out because they felt she was too easy on cops. Right. And then they bring him in and he's just too easy on crime, period. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's the judicial system. It just, you know, it's it's against us. It's for the privilege. We all know that it's double standards. Well, no, they starting to get. I mean, like, you know, like it's up to the judge, his discretion today, because the three men that were convicted in the Ahmad Aubrey killing, they was found guilty. They all face life in prison with no parole. But the judge has his discretion. He can give them years. So I'm waiting for that to come out. So and to go back to, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and all that, I mean, you know, we're in a city right now. We live out here. L.A. is just wilding right now. You just said that about Philly and Chicago. So I'm thinking it's a na nationwide thing. Yeah, they just wilding right now. Where people are 
not caring about the law because they're the, as you've seen in the news over the holidays there was a lot of smash and grabs yeah. a lot of home invasions and this is this oh you're going back uh, <laughs> yeah what the fuck he eat Damn. he can't clutch he'll never make it in prison <laughs> <laughs> They be like, we got one right here. <laughs> he, yeah, he's mine right here. They call him Loose Vile's booty. <laughs> Remember when I first started out, I was telling um, um, uh, my man from um, Atlanta, uh, Sweet Willy Wonk, uh, having them violent bowel movements. That's what he going through right now. <laughs> he had war with his stomach. Oh, God. Shout out to the chat room. Sweet Willy Wonka's in the room. In, in the building and decaz and I see business phone and Steven is in the chat room. Um, Benny Barnes, oh, I'm sorry, Henry Barnes, my glasses off. Um, no, Lewis is here. <laughs> but yeah, he having problems right now. He having mechanical, um, technical difficulties right now. He's trying to keep his shit together. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think there's just like, um, where it almost feels like we're becoming a lawless country. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, then you're thinking about there's no extra money for EDD. It's harder now to get unemployment now because how it was so severely abused during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? And with the PPP loans and all of that. So, you know, the motherfuckers is out there. I got to get mines now. I mean, as you can see on these viral videos, people are like literally walking into Target, coming out with shopping carts, all of that. So they stacking up. I mean, because we don't know what's going to happen because right now, two new um, virus, viruses were just introduced. The IHU and then the Fluorona. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like... I'm sorry. I just have the feeling yeah. that people don't know what the fuck is, is going, going on. on. Yeah. Like, like the whole thing where you guys are talking about the quarantine. First it was 10 days. Now it's five days. They just saying it's five days because they want people to get back to work. Like what? It, it's and like the, the Supreme Court now is holding hearings on corporations and businesses that have mandatory yeah uh, that employ yeah um, uh, employ a hundred more employees if it's you know should the employee you know make you force you to be vaccinated so now we it's basically it's two gangs in america now you know it's either the vax or the unvax and that's what we're dealing with yeah well i don't think anything should be mandatory i think it should still be up to the person if they want to get a vax or not but with that said, you still got to follow safety protocol, at least. You know, wear your mask, stay in the house. But they're not doing that, though. They're not doing that. You see it every day. You know, people are tired of the mask. And a lot of businesses... Are not requiring that. No. And there's, you know, they, they might, like, for example, a friend of mine went to a restaurant mm -hmm. last week, and you, out here... You got to show you're vaccinated to go to yeah, you have, indoor yeah, eating. Yeah, proof of vaccination. And he was like, I'm not vaxxed. And he and they were like, I'm sorry, I can't say. He turned to was start to walk away. He was like, no, it's okay. Come on in. Come on well, in. Well, I mean, because like, 
even at my my business, the dime, we do that. And if it's a slow night, we need the money. We like, all right, you know this. You know, I treat it like you know, like he said, everything is a sports analogy. I'm like, you watch college basketball? They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, this your one and done. Next time you got to have it. So if it's a slow night, yeah, of course you're going to need that money, that income coming in. So you're going to allow it. Okay. <clears throat> back? The talent is back, yeah. Wow. Glad you guys were able to <laughs> riff wow. that. Uh, okay. Uh, Did everything still? come out smooth? <laughs> came out, uh, hilarious. It was. Um, so I'm just going to just go past what all y'all were talking about. Um, Wow. No, we were talking about, I was talking about um, COVID and all that and your friends and all that, but, and I was thinking like 2020, it's COVID. Yeah. That's what it is. And then I was thinking in the 2000, like when my kids were in school, it was lice. That's right. what you had to worry about. You know, that was, that was just, and well, we called it wing worms. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids went to private school, so they called it lice. Oh, I see what you did. I see but it. That's good. Neighborhood. I see what you did. That, oh, yeah. 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 I was, uh, he had, was on fire last night at the show. comedy we show. We had a show and, last night, and I was riffing off this stuff. Yeah, he was, you know, so it all came back to you. So, um, yeah. And then in the 90s and the 80s, it was AIDS. Yeah. That was, you know. But man, that didn't stop people from fucking. They still fuck. People, cautiously. Um, and then no, the 70s and the 60s, it was mumps and measles when we were kids. Yeah. But you didn't stay home. You went. You went to school Ooh, anyway. Yeah, your parents wasn't wasn't taking off. And you forgot also too in the it was chicken pox. Right, chicken pox. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because you had to do scabs and you, they, they tell yeah. you don't pick up. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, in the forties and fifties it was polio. Yeah, it's our parents, but you know they presently had it and they wanted because they, they wanted to walk. Right. And then um, I guess before that it was Jim Crow laws <laughs> and lynching. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they had something else. I forgot what it was called. But um, so we've all always had pandemics. And I know, I know a lot of people who actually don't believe in the COVID thing. You don't? No. They don't? I mean, everything is a conspiracy theory. You hear so much shit. We got a special guest coming up in a few. I'm going to try to hang. Don't say that word. What? Shit. Yeah. Who said? <laughs> Did Jeff. I say that? Yeah, you cursed again. It's no, Jeff time. said it. You said it. I said special <laughs> But I'm guest. just saying it because you're having, you know, a little hard time with shit today. So. Uh, it's my stomach. Yeah. So. Uh, what did you eat, Louis? I'm. I'm. Can we get an over and under in the um in the chat room that he might not make it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, Louis, what did you eat? I gotta go home and rest. I don't know what it was. I don't know. What you sure. Was. You need a diaper. It's not. Depends. It's not that kind of thing. No. Oh. Stomach, but it's up top. It's not bottom. Oh, you oh, regurgitating. Um. Oh, so. Okay. Um. Um, don't talk about it because then he'll think about it and then he'll have to go to the bathroom that. Let him just like <laughs> swallow all that shit. Let it all come back up. Okay. Did you have a burrito by any chance? No, I don't eat, burri <laughs> I don't eat burritos. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I ain't going to say it. <laughs> well, almost everybody I, I know has caught COVID at some point during the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of people now testing I'm, positive. I'm 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 just knocking on wood. I have not caught it, and I hope not to. Well, a lot of people, 
necessarily don't have it, but if you're around someone, that it, you can just test positive. Because a lot of people have that I know have been just like, they're not sick, they don't have any symptoms, but they tested positive. Are you leaving? You're going to do guy Tory? Yeah. So you dying? I'm not dying. Not okay. Like that, but <clears throat> come on, man, man up. It's in a man's world. This man is not feeling well. Oh man. Okay, you gonna be like Antonio Brown? Take your jersey off. Like, get out of here. We did need you, you to play. Did you hear about his response? Yeah. Yeah. I felt it. I felt that. I knew it was more to it than what it was. I know he just didn't go off just to be going off. I know he's not that mentally. You know, he's not that mental. So I knew it was more than to it with the narrative that they were trying to paint. So can you handle this? Are you leaving for the for good? Yeah, I gotta be in my Okay. Room. All right. I don't want him to fall out here. Uh, wow. All right, Lewis. We hope you feel better. Wow. Have a good one. Uh, you forgot my money, so uh no, I'll come open it. Motherfuckers always got an excuse to not to pay you on something. <laughs> It's like his is that he got a shit. So <laughs> he's throwing up. You pregnant? So yeah. So I thought it was more mental. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't a mental the way that the, the Tampa Bay Bucks tried to um, paint it. But he's had other issues in the past, so he it's possible that he has CTE too. Like yeah, I mean we're we're not gonna know this that. This isn't just he, one. No, no, it's, you know. They, don't, they can only diagnose it when you die? Right, yep. Wow. I mean, you know, but he's known for his breakdown and his outburst. Um, but you got to respect the fact that if he's telling you, I'm not 100% to go out there and give it to you. You know, respect that. I want to be at my best when I'm on the field. You have to respect that. And a lot of coaches and franchises, it's all about the money. It's all about winning. And, you know, it's winning at any cost. And that's why a lot of these players, they do play injured. They do play hurt. And they are fucked up once the game is over. And the NFL was widely known and accused of not taking care of their own until recently. You know, once they got out of the league, they were like, okay, they're done. The insurance stopped and all of that. And it was current players that had to step up and say, yo, you got to start taking care of the older players that paved the path and made the way for us. Y'all got to reach back and start taking care of that. This is a billion-dollar uh, conglomerate. I mean, we just, you know, all this money is coming here. These owners are billionaires, and they're not taking care of their players, the old ones and all of that. So I think it was, you know, that was the right call on him. I mean, I'm not mad at him once I read his response and I figured out, okay, that's cool. He did what he had to do to protect himself. Because obviously, once this game is over, y'all not gonna look at you know, y'all not gonna look out for me. So that was a good call on his part. Yeah, but where does his career go from there? You think he'll still somebody? Play? Yeah, he said he he's a talent on the field. You can't deny that. He, I mean, he can get you where you you know where you need to go. Um, somebody's going to take a chance and pick him up. You know, he's going to come and help someone out. People have been saying, you know, um, San Francisco is just, you know, a receiver away. So that's an option right there. The 49ers may be interested in him. Um, it's just amazing, you know, how people just, you know, a mistake 
other people capitalize on your mistake. Like Terrell Owens is constantly tweeting, you know, I know I'm 48, but I'm still in great shape. And he looks, you know, he looks magnificent. And he, he still wants to play. Yes. He's out there running routes and everything at 48. And he's like, yo, Tom Brady, we can get this championship. Y'all can sign me now. Wow. He's like, y'all can sign me now. We can get this championship. I can come in these last four games and help y'all get another Super Bowl. So it's, you know, like I said, you know, people. Who's the oldest? Who's played at 48? Anybody? No. No. Longevity in football, it's, it's really, is relatively short term. I mean, it depends. It, it really depends on the position. Like I know the life, you know, the life in the NFL for a running back is like, I think it's like eight to like maybe eight to 10 years for a receiver. I think it might be cut a little bit short. Also, it depends on your conditioning and the amount of hits and injuries that you sustain, you know, throughout your career. I mean, because a lot of it starts in high school and it carries over to, you know, to the collegiate level and then to the professional level. So, I mean, I know some running backs um, don't last, you know, two, three seasons. But then some of them are smart, like Barry Sanders was smart. He only played nine seasons. He got out. He's just like, I'm just not going to continue to take my body through this. No money, no amount of money is worth all of this. You know, I got to think about the future. The game was good to me. I gave it what I gave it. Now it's time to walk away. And people were like, and they were like really coming up to be that Super Bowl contender when he walked away from the Detroit Lions. So it's, it's like that now. What else did he have down here? <clears throat> I got some got some stories. We want to send a shout out to um not a shout out, but our condolences to Sydney Portier who passed away today at the age oh, of wow. 94. Oh my god. He made history as the first black man to win an Oscar for lead actor. Yeah. The first black man to win a um Academy Award for best actor yeah. and is um a a role model. Yeah, he, uh, for a lot of black actors who, um, especially paid, back when he was acting, right, he I paved mean, he the started. way and opened the door for a lot of us. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of, and you can just imagine what he had to stand up for the roles that he, you know, that he decided that he wasn't going to play. You know, I'm not going to play this role. I'm going to play this role. You know, um, one of his iconic roles was um, in the Heat of the Night. Mm -hmm. That was a great role, especially um, even the director. I just watched a clip where the, the director said when he was in the scene with the um, the plantation owner, when he smacked him, when um, he smacked Sidney Poitier and uh, Sidney Poitier smacked him back. He said, "I have we have to put this in here," and that was in the '60s. It's like we have to show that you know. Black men can't be treated this way anymore. Yeah, he shattered um, a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. And he exuded class. Yeah. And I loved him in um, Let's Do It Again, the stuff he oh did with uh, Bill Cosby. Said, Yo, yeah, those were classics. Yeah. Those were classics. Yeah. yeah. So Bucking the Preacher, um, To Serve With Love. Raising in the Sun. Son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mama. He you lived let me along. be a man. He lived a long, I would say, beautiful life from our standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So rest in peace to Sydney. And you can see a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of actors like Denzel, you know, he admitted, you know, he stole from Sydney Portier. You know, you know, a walk or the way he says some words and all that. So you take from the best and you just mold yourself into who you are. And I, I put him um, together with uh, Harry, Harry Belafonte. Yes. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. He was an activist too. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean he... You At know, a time where it could have, you know, risked their career. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when you watch his movies when he first started coming up, he was like the only black in the movie. Where it was like no black extras or anything. He was that only one. Like one of his most iconic roles was with Richard Redmark in No Way Out. And now he's played he played a doctor. He didn't play like an intern, he played like a doctor. He's like, I'm not a doctor's assistant. You know, I am the mean I am the main doctor. So yeah, he 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 did a lot. Um Rest in Power, Sidney Portier. Um and I know they're gonna do all kind of tributes on television, especially um uh, TMC, um, they're going to show a lot of his movies. So um, if you get a chance to see um, and to go watch any of Sidney Poitier's movies, yeah, um, please do. Please do. All right. Well, um, our guest is in the Skype room. Okay. Um, you got his introduction there, or I'm sure Lewis. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure Lewis uh, wrote it out for you. Yes. I got it right here. Um, this gentleman... He was born in Fort Ord Military Base in California. He attended Southeast Missouri State University. Um, he's a writer, actor, producer, director, comedian. Uh, started acting at 17 years old. TV shows and films such as Martin, The Jamie Foxx Show, Def, um, Comedy Jam, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Fat Tuesday. He actually brought Fat Tuesday, created a black comedy show at the comedy store, which is a main venue for main comedians. And he took that there every Tuesday night. And he's absolutely hilarious. Um, he did life with Eddie Murphy. He was in Pearl Harbor, American history. I think that's probably his best role was American history. I mean, he really showed his chops and his teeth in that. Um, so please welcome into um, In a Man's World. My man, my friend, my fellow comedian, comrade, um, Mr. Guy Tory. Uh, well, you must not have tried my my um, my my dinner rolls. My dinner rolls are better than any roll I ever <laughs> <laughs> in my life. What's happening? What's up with you, guy? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know, I heard you reading the bio, man, and I don't know why they they won't. I didn't. I, I didn't start acting at 17. You didn't. <laughs> but okay. I, no, I wasn't even out here at 17. I, okay. I got out here at, at 23 in 1992, man. But uh, I was acting a fool at 17, but I wasn't actually acting at 17. But okay, we can correct know. that. Then you I, was acting a fool at 17, and, and I just was surprised out. to learn that you were born in Fort Ord. I thought you were Saint. Oh Louis yeah, born. no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm original California boy, man. People say, oh, you always claim the West Coast. I claim St. Louis, but I'm a native California. I was born in Monterey. We're military brats. Okay. And then when did y'all move to um, St. Louis? 
Well, we moved to New AIDS? York first, actually. Oh, it was okay. actually New York. You know, we lived in Jamaica, Queens for a minute, and then it was St. Louis. But since I spent most of my years growing up in St. Louis, that's why I claim the STL 314 St. Louis Mo. Okay, cool. Represent all day long. Uh, I know I saw you Tuesday at D. Militant's Memorial Roast. Um, you was absolutely hilarious, as you always are. And I have to talk to you because you told me don't talk to you. Uh, Lewis was going to interview <laughs> you. But I have to step up because Lewis, um, he couldn't hold his shit together, so he had to leave. Yeah, Lewis had yeah. a stomach ache and he left. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Show. yeah. He must have had one of your dinner rolls then. <laughs> nah, it's his, uh, his cold three. So she must have made it. So um, he asked some questions. Take the, he had to take the Browns to the Super Bowl is what he had to do. Yes, exactly. And then bubble guts. <laughs> <laughs> there was in the playoffs where I was grumbling in his stomach that he went home to take the Super Bowl. That's exactly. the only way the Browns going to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. That's the only way. Um, so how did you get into stand-up, man? I mean... Yo, I, you know, like most of us, man, we usually are the class clown, the school bus clown, the campus clown in college. I mean, most of us, you're actually born with it, man, just playing the dozens, man. And it's really taking that and, and honing it into something you can make money with, man. Like, you know, of course, Joe was my inspiration. You know, I didn't know doing stand-up comedy was a a job. Right. Hell, if I'd have known that, I'd have dropped out in the third grade and turned pro early. <laughs> I would have I always been a you know, professional asshole. So uh, I, I was unprofessional asshole back then. But but yeah, man, you know, seeing Joe uh, being successful at it and me being the, the youngest of, of six, actually number five or six kids, I always did my older brothers and sisters did. So whatever, you know, they did first, they, they blazed a trail, I came right behind them. Right. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it just worked out. Def Comedy Jam is, is the key that started my engine to doing stand-up comedy. Now, um, you were funny before Def Jam came along, though, because I saw your hustle and your grind and your determination at the Comedy Act Theater. I mean, you well, was Well, before, before I did Def Jam, but I didn't start until 92. Right, but Def you put Jam that work in, in Right, but you 90. put that work in, though. You put that ground footwork oh, in. You sit, I had to, man. You sit in the clubs. I had to. Like, we all were rigorously, like, three, four clubs a night. You know, we was all bouncing around at the same clubs. You know, yeah, 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 because you know why I'm gonna tell you why, man. When I first moved to LA, man, first of all, I knew Joe had already made it, Joe had already been on Def Jam, Joe had already done Poetic Justice, it hadn't come out yet, yep, but he had already done some things. A showtime at the Apollo, he had done a guest star on Amen, and so he was there. So I knew I, I was gonna have some big shoes to fill, I knew that it was gonna be some pressure, you know, and and so Joe told me when I first moved to LA, man, he said, look, as long as you and these comedy clubs working on your shit, yeah. don't worry about paying rent. Okay. So I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So I was in clubs every night, yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes two or three times a night, like you said, grinding, man, writing my stuff out. If I wasn't going up, I was just studying. Yes. So, you know, the grind was real, man, because I'm like, I didn't want to pay rent <laughs> and I wanted to be funny. Right. Cause Joe would go to all these Hollywood parties, man. And for the first few, you know, weeks I was out here, I'd go. But then I'm like, oh, you got to go and network. But I had nothing to network with. Right. I hadn't done anything. I had nothing to sell. Right. And then everybody at these parties was fake as hell anyway. So Always. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'd rather be in a comedy club. So right. I was in a comedy club grinding. And Joe kind of took that personal, like, I didn't want to hang out with him. I'm like, bro, you said 
Hit the comic club. Right. I ain't trying to be in all these fake ass, be part of these fake ass people. Yeah. I want to be on stage working on my craft so I can get out of your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And he said, and um, his success build up, you know, through the untimely passing of our mentor, um, the great Robin Harris. Great Robin Harris, because Joe came up, you know, a little after me, uh, Lewis, Ricky, and AJ Sanders. He came up like, you know, Ricky Harris. Yeah, he came up, uh, uh, you know, like right uh, maybe a year or so after we was all, you know, under his tutelage and all of that. And you could see it in Joe right then and there, you know, that he had. And DL that. was in that crew too, right? DL came like right, right after Joe. He, right. Uh, the, the, Joe was like right there. And you saw it because when, when Robin passed, everyone thought the mic which we call as the baton, the mic was going to be passed to Lewis because Lewis was the closest to Robin. Right. You know, and then okay. Michael surprised all of us because we all knew, because people were like, well, is the comedy act still going to go on? Is it still going to go right. on? And that was a big question. That was Robin's house. Yeah, and that was a big question because those were, you know, huge shoes to fill. And then um, when the announcement was made, your brother stepped right in and he just filled it, you know, he just filled those shoes gracefully. And that's where I see, and that's where I really got to see you because you had all full access to the stage. And I saw your grind because you would leave there. We go, remember, we go to um, the Pied Piper across the street, the page yeah. four, out to Long Beach, Birdland. So, I yeah, mean, the, yeah, the, gr the grind was real. I remember, I remember when uh, Robin passed. Like, I was in St. Louis. And I had gone to, I think I went to see actually Lewis Dix. I think Lewis was opening for Luther. Yes. If, I, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep, he was. And he was on that show. Yeah. I, I was still living in St. Louis. Okay. He opened for Luther. And they, they had announced that this comedian Robin Harris was coming to the Fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Right? Yep. So I go back home. I call Joe. I said, hey, man, uh, I just heard this comedian Robin Harris is going to be at the Fox, man, I'm gonna get tickets. And Joe goes, no, nah, I don't get tickets. I said, why? He said, man, I know him, that's my friend. I said, come yeah. on, whatever, man. He said, no, nah, don't get tickets, right? Right. So a few weeks weeks went by, I didn't hear from Joe. Then I finally hear from Joe. I said, hey man, did you get those tickets? And he's like, nah, he died. Yeah. I said, what? And he had just passed away, yep. right? Yep. I said, come on, man, what do you mean? I said, if you can't get the tickets, just say you can't get the goddamn tickets. <laughs> don't, nah. don't put wish death on the man. Nah, yeah. And I heard I heard in Joe's voice, he said, nah, man, he passed away last night. Yep. And I was like, March. wow. And that's the first time I heard Joe. That's the first time, first, probably first and only time I, I ever saw Joe with a heart. <laughs> no, nah, he cried. He um it, No, it, but it he, he a, was really broken up about it. Yeah, it, it hit us all hard. We all broke yeah. down. We all broke down, you know, because we we know we lost somebody who we all looked up to, and yeah, who all we wanted to be. And he took us all under his wing. Cause Robin was very selfish with his time and his energy. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't. Yeah. You didn't have full access to him. If you came to the club, he will always recognize you and acknowledge you. Um, right. But you know, like myself, Ricky. Um, Joe, we have full access to him. What about Martin? Martin was there with him. You know, Martin okay. was, I think, Martin was like his right-hand dog. You know, because it was the beauty of that relationship because it was so competitive. 
And that was the beauty mm -hmm. of watching that, you know, watching that relationship blossom and flourish. Because, you know, as you said earlier, that was Robin's house. And Robin wasn't going to ever let anyone outdo him in his house. You know, we, so we, 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 cover, we cover that story and a lot of that, man, yeah. in the documentary of Fat Tuesdays, because I can't tell the story of Fat Tuesdays without telling the history of black comedy, but not only black comedy, what comedy meant to blacks in South Central Los Angeles. Right. And, and, and in that area, man. So, so you, um, we get, we give a great tribute to, uh, to Robin Harris and, and the Comedy Act Theater. So you never got, you, um, personally, you never got to meet him though, right? No, but you know okay. what? I never got to meet Robin Harris, but uh, hearing all the stories through you and Joe and Martin and Ricky Harris, man, I felt like I knew him. Yeah, yeah. I never physically got to meet him. Yeah. Um, but I never, I, I always heard such great things about you know, him. And that's what led me to, to, to start Fat Tuesdays because I heard all, the, heard all the stories before I moved to LA about the Comedy Act Theater from Joe. Man, you gotta see this dude named Robert Harris. Man, be packed. Right. Man, Michael Jordan was in there last week. Man, Magic Johnson be in there. Yes. Man, uh, uh, and it was such this great place, like a cotton club for it comedy. Was. It you was, know? yes. And then when I got to LA in 92, which was post-Robin and post-Riots, yep. it was late 92, it, this Comedy Act Theater was not the place that I heard about. Right. And, and, and that's what really led me uh, to start Fat Tuesdays is that, uh, and I won't to give it all away because it's in the documentary. Right. No, but that was the that was the inspiration behind um, me venturing into Hollywood to yeah. uh, to showcase black comedians. Awesome. Can I chime in here yes, a little please. bit? Um, so congratulations, guy. Um, you, I, I just read recently that you guys actually have an air date and a, a home yeah. for your documentary. Can you talk about that a little well, bit? Home Fat Tuesday. Yeah, the home was always, yeah, the home was always uh, going to be Amazon Prime because they actually funded it, um, okay. and that's rare. Usually, you know, you finish a project, you put all your money in, and then you sell it. Uh, this one was I put money into it, of course, you know, doing the sizzle and to pitch it to different production companies, and and then we, you know, went forward and pitched it to Amazon and everybody else. And Amazon was the home. I felt Amazon was the right home for it. Uh, they said the right things, and um, so that's where it is. But yeah, it, it, it's it's that's that's where it is. February fourth is when it uh, comes out. Uh, it's a three series documentary, uh, and we're going to release all three at the same time. So it, from what it, I understand, so it airs um, February fourth. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then three part series. So now Amazon Prime. So now, were you the sole creator? Is um, it, uh, Fat Tuesday is that your baby, or did you have like partners, uh, partners, or some uh, no. fellow comedians? That was your that was your whole thing. Definitely, definitely a sole creator, but I did have comedians who helped. That you is. know, who helped pass out flyers, who helped host, like Dan and Green, um, who was my right hand man at right. that time, um, was there, and he would help me pass out flyers. And if I need a host, he would he would hold fill in for me and right. things like that. So yeah, definitely. Um, but but as far as like creating it, uh, man, I had no backers. I had no. It was my money. Uh, what little I had. Now we had Joe for any money. Now had you started but, doing stuff? Had you? Um, no. You had I, I no was. I started. Or? No, it started in 1995. I started comedy in 1992. But I did have a couple of credits under my belt. I did have Def Comedy Jam under my belt. Right. 
And I did have one other TV. I think I had Sunset Park under my belt, the movie. Okay. Uh, and that was about it. So, and, and, uh, okay. but, I, I was just going to say Fat Tuesdays, I had an opportunity to go there a number of times. And, um, uh, um, it was the it was the thing to do on Tuesday nights. In fact, they called it Black or well, Nigga Night at the, <laughs> at comedy, the comedy Store. store. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, how were you able to get a night at the Comedy yes. Store, which was really a, a predominantly yeah. white comedy venue? Well, first of all, it was an assignment from 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 God because there's no way three years in doing comedy. Uh, not a, never running a business before, never running a comedy night before or a comedy room, whatever you want to call it. I could have done that by myself. I didn't know it, it was an assignment back then. I just wanted to do something to showcase black comedians. Right. And, but, but when I look back on and look at all the doors that was opened and, uh, and the success that it had, it was, it was definitely the hand of God that was all up in it, all through it like a puppet. You know, and I was the puppet and God was controlling every situation that happened because, you know, I had no money. There was no social media back then. There was I had no radio budget. I just had flyers I made by myself with no pictures on it uh, at first. It was just card stock with me going to Kinko's I remember. and cutting and pasting the flyers by myself. So and then I'll give them to Dan and Green and I give them to other comedians to pass out and and things like that. So. Uh, it was definitely um, a joint effort in, in, in terms of getting the word out. And comics who, you know, wanted to perform would also, you know, word them out. You know, at right. that time, there was no room like it in Hollywood. No, Eddie Griffin had a Monday night for a minute yeah. uh, that was that ended in, in a disaster, not because of him, because of some, some um, fighting going, going on. on. Yeah, I, but then yeah. after that, there was nothing. Right. I mean, I remember and I, it, it was a process. Now, how long... From your first initial date, um, without giving too much away in the documentary, did it take for it to actually catch on like a wildfire? Because, like Paul has said, once it was out there, when you came to L.A. to visit and all that, that was like, what is to do on Tuesday night? Because people sometimes specifically came out here, I want to be at that Fat Tuesdays. You know. Yeah, you know what? It, it, without giving too much away, uh, you, you know, you know the business, uh, Jeff. So <laughs> you, you've been in it longer than I have. So it, it's like, um, you know, it's always a process. You yeah. know, it's always a process of building and building and building. But uh, I, I'll save that for the documentary. But it was, it sure. was when, when it did catch on. Let's put it that way. When it did catch on, it was um, man, it was rapid. It was I, rapid and it was it was hotter than slave booty. And man, and you always gave um, the thing that I always loved about you as you know, I always looked at you as my younger brother. You know, I always embraced you. Um, is the absolutely is the love that you show for comics, man? It was like some comics have that ego, and they'll never let you in a path or in a you know or outshine But you never it, that never was you know you never feared that. You know, because you knew you could hold your own with anyone. And you were always, you was that cat that would always give everybody that opportunity. You know, to you know, showcase. I don't know, I don't know if I knew I could hold my own. I just wanted to share the wealth. Yes. It, was, it wasn't about me being able to hold my own. It was like, man, it's enough money for all of us to eat. And, and because I was a little bit more advanced than the comics who were coming up with me, and I was a little more advanced only because I had Joe as a brother 
who would give me advice. I right. worked as a PA on a Martin show, so Martin would give me advice. Right. You know, comics who respected Joe kind of gave me residual respect and they would be in my ear, Chris Rock, even TK Kirkland. So I'm like, okay, I would pass that on to other comedians. Yeah. I would pass it on to other comedians who were in my class coming up. Cause I'm like, yo, you know, move the mic stand. Um, you know, um, work the light, uh, get a premise, yeah. uh, uh, get a point of view. And, and those are things I heard from my brother, from Martin, from Chris Rock, from uh, TK Kirkland and from a lot of comedians, Ricky Harris, Yeah, you know, comedian, you, uh, I mean, there was Yvette Wilson. Those uh, are comics who kind of like would, would be in my ear, and yeah. every everything that I, that I that I heard, I would pass on to other comedians. So it was more about me sharing the wealth rather than I know I can hold my own. Um, it, it was more about uh, include being inclusive. No, I, I I was honored when I got that phone call from you. Um, I don't know if you remember when you was like, hey, man, uh, your name came up. Uh, it's your number. You're going to Guam. And I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, you're going to Guam, nigga. I was just like, yeah, quit b- bullshit, nigga. I, yeah, I used, to, I used to book. This dude wanted me to come over. Pierre. Uh, yeah. Pierre wanted me to come over and do a show every week. And I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Right. But I can send other comics over there to do it. I did the same thing in San Diego. Smokies. I don't remember Smokies. Right. Oh, man, come on, man. San Diego. Smokey, uh, he wanted me to come down and do a show every Tuesday. And I'm like, I'll come down to host and split my money and, and, and bring a new comic, one or two comics up with me every week. Right. Because I was still young. I didn't have that much material. Right. You know, but but at the same time, I could have I could have took the money and faked it and did it every week by myself. But I'm like, nah, give give comics a chance to travel, yes. you know, because traveling and doing stand-up, man, I mean, it takes your 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 confidence and your material to a whole nother level. Now, did you have Smokies before, uh, or did you pass that on to Simply Marvelous? I'm not sure. I did Smokies. It was before Fat Tuesdays. I know that because Smokies was on a Tuesday night as well. I know. So it was before Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday started in 95. So it had to be before 95. It had to be 94, maybe. I think, because I think um, Simply Marvelous may have had it, she might have had it first, like in 90. Because yeah. we used to go. Okay, she probably had it before me. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I used to golf with um, Smokey. Because um, okay. people don't know, that's where Jordan got married at on his property. Because his house, uh, Smokey, because he has um, he had a house. Who got married there? Michael Jordan. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little. I was fun. never a Michael Jordan fan, so that's probably uh, why I didn't know that. So Lewis has some of these questions. I, I, th- I think I think I think he's the goat, but I'm not a Michael Jordan fan simply for the reason that he won his first ring against the Lakers. I'm very petty. Wow, really? I was so happy he beat the Lakers, man. Why I'm not a Michael Jordan. I was so happy he beat the Lakers, man. I, and I, and, I wasn't. And I love Magic Johnson. I was so happy that he beat him, I though. wasn't. I was like, I was, man. I'm a Laker fan. But Michael is the GOAT, hands down. Yeah, but, you know, because it was only two teams in the 80s that was winning right. it. It was either the Celtics or the Lakers. And so, and sometimes the Sixers snuck in there every once in a while. They got one. And then at the end, yeah. the Pistons got two. So, right. but it was primarily... The Lakers and uh, and the Celtics. Now Lewis had a question. Now he's like, um, "Is there any subject in your stand-up that you won't touch a goat uh, that you won't fuck with?" Absolutely. Okay. I don't do I don't do rape jokes. Okay. I think it's disrespectful right. and insensitive because uh, people come to comedy shows to get away from their problems and stress. Right. And if it's just some guy on stage joking about rape, 
It's not funny to me. Right. And I had to open an act, do that before, and I checked them. I said, you, you, you either get that out your act or you're off the show. You don't do you don't do it on my weekend. Right. And then um, I don't do I don't talk about plus size women. Okay. Fat ass dudes, I'll talk about all day long. <laughs> plus size women, I stay with them. And I don't joke about cancer. Okay. Those are just those are the only three things I don't talk about. Okay. I got I, I I love Jesus, but I got Jesus jokes. I talk about my mom's, my mom, my mom's cooch. So if I can talk about those two things, nothing else, nobody else is sacred other than rape jokes, cancer jokes, and plus size women jokes. I don't do. Okay. Um, now if plus size women heckle me. <laughs> it's a whole different story. Oh, um, bets are off. <laughs> now nah, he got this um, gadgets that you can't do without. Hmm. Lotion. Oh no, it's not a gadget. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it might be for you though. Shit, if that's baby, baby oil. <laughs> go ahead. Um, no, so some of the gadgets that you can't go out. I mean, that you can't. Oh do. man, uh, a phone, cell phone. Okay. Uh, laptop or iPad. Okay. You know my Apple TV. Oh, okay, cool. Um, he put that. Wait, let me ask you a question on to tag along with that. What would you do without those things? Like, we're so because uh, I be, said, you know uh, what? I'd be, he had that lotion. I'd be using. A, <laughs> I had that lotion. That's what I'm saying. I'd be using that a lot baby of oil. <laughs> like, let me rub this shit all on me and whatnot. Uh, do you guys I'd be touching really? myself more? Instead of touch screen, it'd be touching me. Exactly. Um, do you guys realize if all these satellites were to go out that we would be back to <laughs> the prehistoric era? Yes. <laughs> right. But we would not be able to contact people. I that would. would be the main thing. You still and have you know a what, phone. You have a, a landline. Yes, I do have. A landline. But I'm going to tell you right now, not being able to contact people, if people contact me would be a good thing. Thank you. I know, but in the case of like checking on your moms in St. Louis and, you know, me checking on moms in the Bay, like what I, kind of, how would you be able to reach write your a loved letter? ones? I, I write know, a letter like we used to do. I know how to sit a pigeon somewhere, you know, you know. Write a letter like we used to do. If the, if the post, I, I know the post office is a lot slower these days than it was I, back in the day. I just think we've then, become right. way too dependent on modern technology. But, absolutely. But Absolutely. I tell my wife all the time because she flips out and freaks out if she loses her phone. Oh, yeah. she's constantly on it all day. And then she, you know, I'm not like, and one of my biggest flaws and faults advancing in comedy to this day is social media. I'm not heavily on social media. And people are constantly telling me, you need to get on it. You need to get on it. And I keep procrastinating like, ah, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. But I mean, because I know you're I'm, on I'm, it though. I'm, I'm heavily on it. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, but I'm on it. I think social media is one thing, but uh, being dependent on your cell phones and your electronic devices. Well, is can a you whole go without yourself? How long can you go without your cell phone? Oh, I, I can go a long time. I went to uh, I went to Amman, Jordan this year. Okay. I went to Jamaica this year. And I really didn't have, I didn't really use my cell phone. So I can go without it, man. Yeah. You know, as long as I, I it, the reason why I really kind of kept it because I was still in production with the documentary. Right. So I still had Zoom calls and I still had a couple of phone calls I had to respond, emails I had to respond to. So that's the only reason why, other than that, I don't mind being off the grid. I'll go Jason Bourne on your ass in a minute. Amen. A heartbeat. I'll be off the yeah. grid. I'll go on the ground, man. yo. Yeah. And, and people that need to know, people I always say in my little circle, 
people that know how to get in touch with me know how to get in touch with me. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? went. I Only went. person. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, guy. I was gonna say the only reason why it, it keeps me is with my mom. You know, and unfortunately, you. when the day comes and my mom is in the upper room. Yep. <laughs> it's like, right. It's like I, I feel you hundred percent on ghost. that one. I can thank I, you. I feel you hundred percent on that one. What yep. I was gonna say is I went camping for a couple of days and there was no reception, and that was the best two days ever. Just, yeah. just nature. No cars. No phone. No. Well, well, come on now. Uh, Poetess, you you got two satellites sitting on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> they got no reception. Not even that, when, not even when all, he turned the nipples. All that uh, Wi-Fi and shit. Yes, <laughs> you gotta know the password for that. <laughs> um, got it, two big satellites on your yeah. chest. Um, he wanted to put down here things you do well and things you don't do well. All right, so can you spell? Man, I used to be able to, I used to be a good speller into technology into autocorrect and all that, man. I, I I'm, I'm Fantasia now. I can't even, <laughs> I, can, I can barely read. So you being from the STL, um, can you climb a tree? Uh, I've never tried to climb a tree, but I'm sure I can. If a, if a big enough dog get after me, <laughs> I, I, I climb that mother. Exactly. Uh, technology. You, yeah. You get. You said you. I'm pretty decent at technology. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you cook? Oh man, what? You didn't see my Instagram? Yeah, he had a COVID little series going on. Comedy Kitchen. I was burning up some stuff in a good way. Okay. Yeah, I cook, man. All I right. got panty dropping food. Oh, well, there you go. Shit. Um, you of course, can you drive? Are you a great? Do you consider yourself a good driver? I'm a decent driver. I'm terrible with directions. Uh, I don't particularly like to drive all the time. I, cars. I'm not a big car guy. You know, I don't. I don't. You know, I drive the same vehicle I've had forever. Okay. And it's just, it, it runs. I barely drive. I'm barely home. There you go. Like I, I, I'm, I'm usually gone, you know, 40 weekends a year, you know? So, and, 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 and if I'm going to go out and I'm a drink, I Uber. There you go. And so, and I live downtown in my little bubble. So I really don't drive, drive, but I can drive. I'm pretty decent. I drove from LA, from St. Louis to LA twice. Okay. How long did that take? Exactly. Uh, it took like what? 36 hours, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Um, the couple first in, in the LA, same car you have now. <laughs> no, 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 no. The first car I drove, I, it was a hoopty. That motherfucker broke down on I ten somewhere. No, no, you know it didn't, and and it, it didn't. And that's going to be in the book, but that story about driving out here. But uh, the second time I drove out, I bought my vehicle in St. Louis and drove it out. Okay. Uh, and drove it from St. Louis. I had nine miles on it when I picked it up. It was brand new, and then and uh, I've been driving it ever since. Now he always asks this question. I'm not gonna ask it, poet. You can ask it. This is Lewis. <laughs> I don't, this is his alter ego. <laughs> um, Lewis always asks dudes, "Are they good kissers?" <laughs> I'm a great kisser. I think I am. I've never had any complaints. Allegedly, I'm I, I one of the few men. I'm one of the few men. I don't know why he want to ask me this question, but. <laughs> I want to feel men that enjoys kissing. Men don't like to kiss. Women love to kiss. So I, I, I yes, I, I, I love kissing. Oh, well, there you go, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate. Especially at, 
Especially at fifty two, you got you got you got to stall and, and and you know find and you, gotta slow, you, your, you gotta slow your game you down a little. Yeah, you gotta slow yeah, your game down. Game down, down <laughs> give, you, give your other body parts time to you know to rise to the occasion. You gotta go back because he always say you always use sports analogies. So now you gotta know how to run the clock. You know you got yeah, twenty four exactly. seconds. So you gotta like okay yeah, yeah so and we just yeah. ain't coming down. And you gotta pass it around. You just can't kiss. You gotta, you know, yeah, you gotta yeah. lick the back of the neck, the nape <laughs> of the neck. You gotta, you gotta, you got clavicles you can suck on. You got satellites you can suck on. You got, at, you know, other areas. You gotta pass the ball around, <laughs> pass the spit around, and then, boom, go for the shot. Exactly, go for the pit. Um, how honest are you? You know what? This year, it. What I always pick words that I'm gonna try to live by each year. And this year, I have three words. Uh, it's it's one is uh, a combo word is do, but do stands for discipline and obedience. Okay. I need I want to be more disciplined this year and obedient, you know, to what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be walking, uh, in the world. And then the other one is truth. And uh, when it comes to truth, I tell I'm gonna tell the truth this year. Sometimes we 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 want to spare people feelings, Nasty. and we don't always tell the truth. But God damn it, this year I'm telling the truth. And I had a conversation yesterday and today where I had to tell the truth because with this documentary, man, it's my first joint right. and as executive producer. And of course, I wanted everybody I could get in it. Right. But that's impossible. And when you're not when you're not writing writing the check, even though you're executive producer, you have other people who are making fine decisions and yeah. you have to pass things through. And a, and, and, a, and a friend of mine. You know, was upset. Was upset. A few friends that they that they weren't in it, and at first of all, they they they, they said they weren't asked to be in it, which was not true. And I I told them, yeah, that you know, don't don't lie. That's not true. You were asked. And then second of all, it was like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are producers, directors, who have awards and everything, and I'm not in their projects. And I don't ask them why. It's like if, if I'm supposed to be in it, I will be in it. I don't hold any grudges. I don't. I'm not slighted in any type of way. That's the business. Right. And and I had to tell you know this person today that look, they didn't want you in it. Plain and simple. I tried to like not tell them and leave it. Not like not yeah. tell them that. But yeah. they were like, I said, look, man, I I I was fighting for you to be in it. They didn't want you in it. Period. Exactly. They didn't think your story was relevant. Right. So. Wow. I, and I tried, and and, and 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 but also you're dealing with when you're dealing with you know a production, you're dealing with other people's money. But we were dealing with time constraints. We we're dealing with COVID. We we're dealing with location. Yes. And and there only was so many slots that they wanted to fill, or they, they had to fill. And then you know because it was COVID, uh, we had to pay for everybody's uh, COVID test, right. and the staff we got tested every day. Right. So that that limited the budget. It limited the days because each day you rent a space out, that's more money. Right. And people don't understand that. It's like, yo, I try. And when I try to get this person in, I called them because we had a spot open up at the last minute, and right. I said, yo, I need you in today. They went off and did a um, athletic activity that they they thought was more important. So and that's on them. You, you know. Yeah. And um, I. I, I Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I got interviewed for the project. I don't know if I'm gonna make the cut or not. I it's all good if I do or don't. But I wanted to mention Reggie Hudlin is working with you on this, correct? Yeah, and 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 you also not only did you get in it, and I haven't seen final edits yet, but not only did you, you worked on the sound. I had to do some voiceover work, 
and uh, we use Moore's Media. Yay! There you go. You. See, got Appreciate that. Got that plug I learned. In. I learned that. I learned that from 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 Tiffany Haddish. To be quite honest, when she was on a big project, and she said she would only do it uh, if she did it at Moore's Media, and I took a note out of her book and told our production, any voiceover work I got to do, I got to do it at Moore's Media. Keep the money in the black community. And, uh, and and support black women as well. So I appreciate um, both of you for that. That's, it, that's what we need to do. But I will say, I did take a page out of Tiffany Hash's book uh, when I heard that she had done that. Okay, cool. Uh, our final thing is, man, before we get you out of here, we always compare to the NBA. And when we, when we Zoomed your brother, you know, my thing was old school with your brother. You know, I was, I told your brother, I was like, okay, in the league, because Lewis was like, well, no, he's Isaiah Thomas. He's won championships. I said, I get it too. But Joe is, to me, Joe is like Gus Williams. Because Gus was before Isaiah. You know, okay. he was like. If it was football, he'd be Antonio Brown, but go ahead. <laughs> He'll take it. So, in the league, who are you? You can be modest. Put yourself out there. Who are you? I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna be humble with this. I, I'm not gonna be modest with this. I would say Magic Johnson. My man. Okay. Because I, I Magic Johnson was was all about the assists. Exactly. He may not be. He may not not may, he may, may not been a great shooter, but he was a he was a scorer, and and I may not be a great comedian, but I'm funny, and and I love. As Magic Johnson uh, uh, making the assists, I love getting other people involved, and I love assisting others. I love, you know, bam, helping everybody out, and and we all win. And I got championships. There you go, man. Um, thank you so much for taking time out to come into a man's world, and um, let us know who you know and, and, and chat with you, man. I always enjoyed you. I love you as a brother. Respect you. And like I told you the other night, man, that was some funny shit you said at D. Miller Times Rose. <laughs> I mean, you killed everybody. Um, we're back at the Regency West on Thursday nights. Thursdays. Yeah, I got to get down one Thursday, have, man. He's going to see me. And it's for you and, like, your brother. Like I told him, you have an open stage policy, man. I appreciate so when that. When you walk through the door, you, you, you know, people, just let me know when you want to go on. People don't, people don't realize we need spots like that. Yes. And not only do we need spots like that, we need the community to come out and support spots like that. Yes. It's still, it's still not... Uh, an even playing field in the industry when it comes to uh, young comedians without credits getting stage time. Right. And, and, and spots like, you know, the Regency West is what helped me. Spots like Marriage Flat, you know, the Fun House helped me. Spots like uh, um, the Townhouse with U.S. Moore, Juan Dexter, and Hope Flood. Yeah. Spots, like that, spots like that helped me early in my career. And that's why, you know, when the Common Union was open on Pico and they were about to close and I, I came in to kind of save them. It was because I didn't come up through that club, but I came up through clubs like the, the comedy union. The comedy and union. I wanted to keep it open so that comics who, who don't get the opportunity to perform at the improv and, and, and the comedy store and the laugh after you get. So we need those rooms, but we need the support of the, of the community to come out and support so we can keep these rooms going so we have a place to come and, and work our material out. So, and before I let you, my truth is with it, the Comedy Act Theater, the Regency West, is that it catapulted to all these other rooms. It spawned all these other rooms that we have. Uh, 
It created Fat Tuesdays. It created yeah. Chocolate Sundays at the Laugh Factory. It created well, well, Fat, well, well, Fat Tuesdays created Chocolate Sundays just to, for the record. And yeah, I, I mean, but it, it, it was it was the domino <laughs> no, effect. But I, I, no, but I know you you said we you said in the documentary we we gave a great tribute and shout out to the Comedy Act Theater and, and for sure. And Michael Williams. Michael Williams. Michael right. Williams. Yeah, he Michael was like Williams, the who, godfather he, of it all. Yeah. He's in the documentary. Yes, he was the godfather and you yeah, know. Yeah, because you, you hear a lot of names that that are thrown around in black comedy, but rarely do you hear Michael Williams who started the Comedy Act Theater. I, you Absolutely. Know, a lot of comics, you know, it was the way and just we speaking the truth, it was just the way it was mismanaged at times. Mm -hmm. So a lot right. of comics were bitter and, you know, and they held right. those grudges against Michael. But Michael... You know how black folk... Yeah, but in, 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 in fairness all to Michael, you know, even though he could... He was a businessman and a lot of us didn't understand that at the time. The business. We didn't understand right. the business of it because we all wanted to be that favorite. We all wanted that privilege when we walked in the door and he right. gave the he gave opportunity to everyone. He gave yeah. opportunity to everyone. If you bombed or not, Michael was always there to lift you up and say, "Okay, you bombed tonight. I'm putting you up tomorrow night. Be back tomorrow night." And some yeah. cats would be like, "Nah, you know." But then if you come, and he told you to come back after you bombed the previous night, but then a big name came. We all had to humble ourselves to the Martin Lawrence. Got bumped. Yeah, we got bumped. And a lot of cats at that time didn't understand that, you know. So we wanted to say that. Man, thank you once again for coming into a man's world. It's appreciated, man. Love you. Um, stay safe, healthy out there in 2022. Much continued success, blessings, and prosperity to you and your fam, yo. And don't forget to watch but Fat Tuesdays that debuts February 4th on Amazon Prime. Three-part series. Three-part series. Go Rams. And go Lakers. And go Fat Tuesdays. Yo, yo, go Fat Tuesdays. Uh, fuck the Rams, Bears, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. I'll right. see you, yo. Thanks, guy. Thanks, Happy guys. Because ain't still no part of the playoffs. For right now. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're we on our nation. way. All right, money. My gang sign. My Rams gang sign. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. Thank you, Take sir. Take it All easy. Right. <laughs> All right. Man, what a talented guy that is, man. Very, very humble. Very cool. I've always been that way. Always I mean, we could have kept him on a little longer. We didn't really get to delve into his uh, his movie career. I know. But we'll have him back on. Maybe we'll have him back on closer to the time that uh, his documentary comes out. Yeah, we should. We, actually, we should do that. Yeah. Is, okay. our, is um, our next guest there? Um, No. In fact, Chris Rock. Uh, not Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Rock. Um, wasn't able to make the show today, so he's supposed to come on uh, next Friday. Okay. So um, um, I guess that's it. I mean, I did have a few. I did have one topic, but I can save it for next week. It's up to you, bud. It's up to you. Okay, so recently the oldest woman, oldest living person turned 119 years old on Sunday. Wow. And I kind of question, would I want to live that long? Yes. Like, why not? If you're able to. Because your body changes, you're aching all the time, you could barely walk, you can, like. Was she, was, did they have a picture of her? 
Yeah, and she she looks 119. Oh uh, shit! If I can wake but up, but she's breathing? she's in in. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess okay. it depends what kind of shape you're in. Yeah, if I'm waking up and I'm breathing, I deal with the pain. I'm like, okay, he gave me another day. I'm gonna be grateful and thankful. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna be grateful and thankful for every day that I wake up too. But it just seems like. What do you feel like at over at a hundred years old? But shit, look at some motherfuckers. What they feel like at thirty, forty five. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm in my fifties and I feel old. I feel I'm sixty and I feel great. I feel yeah. fabulous. I mean, I feel great, but I can tell the the changes that are in going your body. On. Yeah, them satellites getting you know. <laughs> it's time to read. Satellites are fine. <laughs> the satellites, you They're gotta move fine. them. Okay. But All anyway, right. this lady, her name is Tanaka, and she's from Japan, and. Okay. She, Coca-Cola made her a customized bottle commemorating her birthday because she drank Coke. Oh, wow. That's, hey, you know, some people and have that And they say that Coke is not good for you, but, but so, apparently. Hey, you know what? My dad says, you know, the greatest shit, and he lived to um, 87. And he was still, you know, he was lactose, all of that. But he still ate his ice cream. He still drank his Pepsi. And he like, hey, man, I've been doing this shit all my fucking life. I ain't going to stop now. Nah. At some point, yeah, I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna enjoy all this shit. I'm like, okay, cool. So you just got you gotta let some people have their vices to continue to have. Well, it. actually, a couple of things I came across when I was thinking when I came across this story is um, where is it at? Um, well, as I'm looking for it, it's the vices that people have and still managed to live a long life. Yeah. Okay, so the next one, uh, top secrets to a long life, according to the centurions. One is um, a woman claims that staying single was the key to her long life. No stress in relationships. Yo, nobody fucking with her. She ain't fucking with nobody. She good. Staying single is one. The other one was... um, she too said being single, but she also had, she also ate two raw eggs and one cooked egg every day since the age of 20. Wow. And she also became a vegetarian um, out of fear that meat causes cancer. So she had an egg thing. This other guy who lived to be 101 says, Coors Light every day. I mean, some people like the lady with eating the, the two eggs every day, right? Look at all the amount of cholesterol that was in her from the eggs. You know, some people, like we said, they vices keep them going. You know, it's like I'm 60 and... What's your vice? Sweets. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I keep saying to myself every fucking day, I was like, I'm going to give up the donuts. I'm going to give up the donuts. Oh, but man. I'm right donuts there. are mine. I'm at, I'm at every Crip fucking tonight. chance I get, I'm at Randy's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, What's your favorite donut? I like the chocolate. You know, the chocolate ring um, or the chocolate ice cake. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so, so a, is a woman supposedly in India lived to be... 125 and she smoked weed every day yeah, that kept her going shit she ain't <laughs> had time to think about death she was high so shit she was good i mean i wanted the only thing that um it would probably be a good thing is like you know 
would I still be able to have sex at 119? You know, if my shit still get hard. Well, I've heard of men around that age to have, like, with Larry King had. Yeah, if my shit is able to just, kid. if like, f- like flicker up just a little bit, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Shit, the blood's still flowing. I'm good. I okay. mean, okay. So one is British uh, woman named Dorothy Howe. She went viral two years ago for um, insisting that Bell's whiskey kept her going, and Super King's black cigarettes were the reason she made it to 100 years old. Hey, you know. And these are the things they say will kill you or will Obviously. kill you sooner. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like I know this one guy um, in Chicago, he lived to like be like 102. And every day he would have two shots of old granddad bur- uh, bourbon. That was his drink. Yeah. My my great grandmother, she had a course every day. See? Yeah. And she passed away from a car accident. <laughs> She was in her 80s, and she was in good shape. She walked. She still yeah. did things that she probably could have made it at 100. Right. You know, but she, she had her cores every day. Yeah, I mean, so today, and it has been, you know, since the beginning of time, you know, the life expectancy, it's, you know, you never know when it's going to come. Yeah. You know, and how it's going to come. Like when we did the roast the other day, D. Militant's roast, mm-hmm. you know. Before I went up and I introduced Lewis, you know, I was just like, you know, don't get too comfortable here because mm-hmm. the the people behind me, you know, we're going to be right back here within a month or two. You know, it's the over and under, you know, some of y'all ain't going to make it. Let's just be real about the shit, you know. Um, and my buggers was like, what? Why would you say? I'm like, yo, honestly, you know, because I just saw D Militant this summer. But we as, and that's another thing we was going to talk about too, Portis. We as black men, especially, we hide our ailments and our illness. We don't let nobody know. And, you know, when I saw D. Militant, I was just like, yo, man, you look good. You know, we're doing a comedy whenever you want to. And he was like, yeah, I'll be right here. You know? Yeah. Well, he did a podcast here for a short time. Okay. And um, when the pandemic hit, he uh, made it known that he had health issues oh, and that he? he would not be able to continue doing his podcast because he was staying inside trying to be safe because he had underlying issues. Okay. So he was pretty open about that, um, but I don't know if he knew that his time was as short as it was. Yeah, we never know. That's the thing about it, you know. Um, like I always say, you know, Someone went to bed exact the exact same time you went to sleep last night. We were fortunate enough to wake up. You, that it's person the process didn't. of life, yeah. sadly to say. Yeah. We're not we're all gonna go at some point. But mm-hmm. this person lived to be hundred and sixteen years old. Wow. He uh, was once the world's oldest person, or oh, was it she until she passed away recently, but she refused to eat like um what is this but she anyway her diet was honey buns mcnuggets (laughs) wendy's chili all that processed food (laughs) keep her going and some hog head cheese oh man and she lived to 116 this uh yeah that processed food mcdonald's shit that saves a lot of people's life she ain't got to cook so her body her immune system is used to all of that i like this one coffee in the morning liquor in the evening although i'm not really a drinker the older i'm getting the less I enjoy drinking alcohol. 
them rough mornings, them hangovers. Yeah, just that, and I swear, <laughs> no matter how much I drink, I always am tired in the morning, even if I just have like one beer. Now, something. are you when you do drink? Are you do you do you open up more? Do you like? Are you more reserved, conservative? Are you obnoxious? Are you an angry drunk? I think I open up mean? more, but I used to be a mean drunk because I used to drink Tanqueray. <laughs> Tanqueray always made me want to fight, but oh. in my younger years. But Tanqueray no, made you want to fight? Yes. Man, when I drank Tanqueray, that made me want to fuck. I'm like, I, okay. No, I, I was ready down to fight every time I drink Tanqueray. But um, I... Uh, I open up, I relax, but I don't, I don't drink a lot when I do drink. Okay. I think maybe two, three so you, <laughs> tops. Maybe four. Not four. Not four, because I know at four to I'm going to move them satellites, maybe four or five. <laughs> nah. I don't drink like that anymore. But, okay. But when you and Guy were talking about um, being honest, that comes when you get older, too, because you don't really care for certain care about certain things like you did when you were younger well i think my dad comes with wisdom yeah but i think my dad instilled that in my two brothers at a at a early age because i remember i had lied to my dad and he had caught me and he had saw what i had did and he just wanted me to be truthful and honest and i was so afraid of the repercussions because i didn't want to get my ass whooped i just like i lied and he's like hey man i'm gonna give you another opportunity let you think about it and when he came back I stuck to my story and he just told me everything I had did and my movements and all that and I was just like wow and he lit my ass up and then afterwards he was just like yo you ain't never got to lie to me you ain't got to lie to your mama he's like always tell the truth look a person in their eye tell them the truth and as long as you telling the truth and you being honest let them deal with it and as I found out through the years in the process and I became more and more honest and more and more truthful, it's like I became comfortable with just telling the truth. It's mm -hmm. like I'm telling the truth. It's how you handle it. Because mm -hmm. some people can't handle the truth. Some people will look to debate with you and be like, no, that's no. It's like, no, that's the fucking truth. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you my truth, you know, and that's how I feel. And that's how I've always been. So if you can't handle it, that's on you. Yeah, I find myself being more honest in my older age, but I try to do it in a tactful way because sometimes I could just be really <laughs> brutally Sometimes honest. that's the best policy sometimes because, <laughs> I mean, it's right to the point. So it's no misunderstanding. Right. She was like, oh, okay, I... Right, and so you might be mad at first, but later on you appreciate it. Right. But somebody in the chat room says, POTUS... Were you and MC Light about to throw hands? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the last time I drank some Tangeray, I got into a fight with a guy. Wow. Did you win? No. Well, <laughs> what happened was this guy that I was going to college with took me and one of my homegirls out to a club. Oh, yeah. And he was liking me, but, you know, I was young. I was in the club just doing my thing. He wanted a threesome. You like, no. Nigga. That nigga was like, <laughs> um, I'm ready to go. He had an attitude or whatnot. So I said, so my friend was like, well, we should go because we don't have a ride home, etc." You like, fuck that. And so. Was you in the Bay? 
no, this was at L.A. at oh, I was gonna say that. Carlos and Charlie's and Charlie's. Whoa. And uh, so anyway, dude was like, I'm getting ready to go. If y'all if y'all want to ride home, you got to leave with us. So I was like, OK, well, all right, let's go. So party. Poop. There was a couple guys in the club that was trying to get at me and my homegirl. So he was like, oh, we got to go, blah, blah, blah. So we get out to the car and we get ready to go. And and he starts talking shit like you bitches don't appreciate shit <laughs> just... i'm grateful as bitches i'm buying y'all drinks and all night right you so talking you to know, some other I'm... niggas and shit <laughs> <Right>. disrespecting <laughs> so me and shit i'm already like off of a couple tang rings Ray, and tonics you on, yeah you on you on like okay and nigga, i was go. Like, right i was like um you got one more time one more bitch yeah. <laughs> right you got one more bitch <laughs> I said, and I'm finna sit in the back seat. So I got over into the back seat and he said, bitch, one more time. And I swung around to the front and hit him in his jaw and he turned around and started bombing on me. Wow. But I had on high heels, so I was kicking that <laughs> kicking him in his head with my high. We was in an all-out fight in his car. Huh. And my homegirl sat in the front seat panicking. She could have been bombing on him from the front seat. But she was like, oh, my God, you guys stop. You guys stop. So he took a drink, I guess, he had in his hand and threw it in my face. And it kind of, like, woke me up out of my day. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we fought. But I got got him, too. He got a couple high-heeled dents in his face. But um, Did y'all remain friends after that? Did y'all? He tried to be cool after that but i was i was done like he because and the thing was he did hair so he was your hair no more (laughs) he never did my hair but he offered to do my hair after that i was like fuck no he's like nah bitch he done cut all my damn hair (laughs) put that dye in your hair fuck your shit up your shit be burning oh my god so yeah i got in that was the last time i I drank some gin and tonic too because Damn. normally I wouldn't have even fought dude. I would have just probably either got out the car, which so after the fight, I got out of the car and we walked back up to the club because I had to use the phone to call pops to come pick me up. Cause oh, you know, wow. they didn't have cell phones back, back then. then. They had no pay phones. And the guys who <laughs> were talking to us at the club. What happened to you? What happened to you? Came hair? out and ended up. <laughs> Giving us a ride home. Oh, okay. Did y'all go to breakfast? No, but he stopped at the store and got me a steak from a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah, so I stopped drinking gin and tonic. Uh, that okay. was the end of but that But you know what? And that was when you was you were younger? Mm-hmm. See, because I, I, a, 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 um, I have ownership in a dive bar that I'm at every night. Um, the Dime in L.A. And then... Um, I'm seeing that now a lot. Young women, mm-hmm. when they drink, they're so aggressive. They are very aggressive. Aggressive how? Like to, to to becoming violent. And what I'm also seeing too is like young women are always putting their hands on you. And I mean in the in the physical manner. Do you think that's more so today or has it always kind of been like I, I that? I think I'm seeing it more and more today. I'm seeing it more and more because I'm seeing it, and it's just not just one race. It's like black women, white women, Hispanic, Asian. They're so quick to throw hands, want to throw hands, or they're so quick to like just smack you. Well, I've, like, never been, fuck, yeah? I've never 
been one to think that that was okay. I don't ever think a woman should put her hands on a man. So that was one of the the topics we was going to discuss last week. So we here. So, and I don't think it's okay. But my question is, as a man, as a human, at what point do you have a right to stop and defend yourself? When can you say, okay, I'm not going to continue to allow you to hit me. You or, walk or away. Me. But what if you what if you can't walk away? What if they won't allow you to walk away? And they because I see it every night. I see it every you night. You have the choice to lay hands, but the better choice is not to to the better choice is defend yourself and to leave. Yeah, but I see, like I said, I see it every night when guys. Some women, do, I hate to say it, but some women think that's a confirmation of love. Sometimes when a guy smacks on them and then makes up with them yeah no I, I you know that's the one thing i won't intervene in and i won't get involved in if if i know you a couple i know that's that domestic shit and i stay away from that yeah i stay away from that i mean if you allow him to beat your ass then that's on you because if i try to intervene and i've seen it before the woman would turn on you like why are you fucking up my man this is my man. Right. Stay away from you. Him. At the end of the day, and I say this about people that are addicted to drugs, too, is that you have to want to get help. If you don't want the help, there's nothing anybody could do for you. No, some people are like they, they, they want that drama. Some people wake up living for that drama. But in this instance, like I saw like the other night, this woman and her girlfriend, they were belligerent. They were drunk. And they just somehow got into an altercation. With these other dudes. And I mean it became physical. And the guy tried to walk away. And he's like yo. I'm not going to But she kept getting in his path. She spit on him. And mm. she smacked him in the face. That's one thing. And, I'll, and, I, and, and he's like yo. When somebody spits on you. I swear that's like the lowest. Form of disrespect. Yes. But then she took her heel off. And when he walked past her. She like hit him right back here on his shoulder. And then she drop kicked the nigga in the back. And he's like, okay. no, but I'm saying, but then the thing that happened. God, is it wrong to say there's exceptions? I mean, but no, some but, people, but, man or female, but the thing might that, have to get smacked or. But the thing was, Portis, when he finally, that drop kick, that was what triggered him. The spit and all that. And the way he hit her, you heard her. You heard the hit. Now you got niggas want to jump on him now. That was out there witnessing all that. And he's like, yo, dog, come on, man. Dog, that's a female, homie. And I'm saying, yo, did how much... They, is, did they see the before? They like, saw all of it. Oh, wow. And they was like, yo, bro, just walk away. Walk away, homie. Walk away. He's like, I'm trying to. But she all up in my face. I'm trying to. I'm <laughs> then trying run. To get, I'm trying to get around <laughs> her. And her girlfriend like, nigga, you come in with, don't touch me, nigga. Don't touch me. Walk around. He's like, yo, excuse me. Walk around. And then it got to that point where it's like she spit in his face. And then she hit him with the heel. Then when he finally got around, she just ran behind him and just like kicked him. And he's like, you know what? Enough. And you literally saw the dislocation of her jaw and two teeth come out. Wow. And now you had the niggas like, dog, are you serious? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But that's a female homie. Will she put her hands on somebody again like that? I think she will. Oh, then. But then you had the two girls that was there that were continuously agitating it provoking it going on now they hold 
they sobered up when they heard the hit. And they're like, are you serious? Look what, look at her jaw. Are you serious? Now everybody's like, nigga, that's a woman, man. I think everybody has their tipping point. And that's what, that, that was the everybody question. Everybody has their tipping point. As a male and a female? Because you don't know what people are going through. And especially in and these times. even if it's not a domestic situation, if you're walking down the street and you're rude to somebody, you don't know what they're going through. That could have been the last straw, you know, and then then there's that, you know. So like, everybody has a tipping point. Like, and some people will push you there. Like, I mean, like the video that went viral, the white woman that the, have you seen that one on the Delta flight when she smacked the old guy? Mm-mm. And he just sat there and, you know, his wife and people were like, well, his wife should have jumped up. But he, they were old. They were older couple. And she was talking about, you know, put your mask up. But then at first she spit in his face and then she punched him. And he, he, you know, he remained calm. But, you know, my thing is when I see it, I'm like, I try to say I don't ever want to be in that, be placed in that situation or be in that situation. But the one thing I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow you to spit on me. Yeah, not just, spit. Just, but I, I have to maybe back up a little bit and say... I, there's probably some exceptions, like, but I totally don't think a woman should be putting her hands on anyone, on a man. I've I've never been in a physically abusive relationship, but I have been slapped before. You was in a fight in a car. Oh, that was <laughs> I didn't have a rela- I wasn't dating, dude. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. It don't have to be dating. So to be like I was in a relationship and I got slapped because I threw a book. At my boyfriend, and the corner of the book hit him dead in his chest in like a reflex wow. action. <laughs> I was in with, I was within slapping range, and I got slapped, and I act like they could kill me. <laughs> no, but like, oh my god, yeah, you slapped me. Oh my god. Oh, we just gonna disregard you threw a fucking book in my chest to, <laughs> right. in my esophagus to stop me from <laughs> win. Right. So fuck all that shit, you know. Right. So I I've I don't put my hands on men. I don't know what their tipping point is, and I and I don't want to get slapped, or I don't want you know. Well, no, some trust me, dudes are not slapping; they punching, full force. And I mean, like Whoopi said when the Ray Rice incident came out, like she said how she was, you know, times have changed, but, you know, and she has to evolve. But as she was brought up, she was taught, you know, don't put your hands on someone if you don't want them to put their hands on you. Right. You know, because it's a two way street. Right. And a lot of I'm seeing in the chat room, a lot of people believe that if you hit someone, you liable to get hit back. So, and it's. But dudes are like, it's just so funny when you, you know, you're like, okay. I think guys are tend to, um, society thinks guys should be more um, restrained. I think to a point, but, you know, like I was talking to Lewis about it and he, his thing has been always advocate, like walk away. You have to walk away. You have to run. But at some point it's like. I'm not going to run from this situation. I can stand here too. You just, you know, whatever you're going through, 
If you, you mad, sound like you be smacking hoes, <laughs> Jeff. You sound like you've I see it a laid lot. hands a couple no, times. I've, no, I've never done that. Uh, don't say no. never. No, I've never. I've never done that. In your 60 years. Yeah, I've never done that. Mm. Never. Mm. Never. Never. No. I've threatened, though. I've threatened. Yeah. I mean, I'm. you know, I've got to the point where I have to remove my glasses and I get nervous and I start, you know, the nervous comes inside. And it's just like, and I've threatened it, you know, like, like two weeks ago, honestly, a young girl got up in my face and she was just with all the yapping and yapping and the yapping. And then she spit down at me, but she didn't spit on me. And she was like, nigga, I'll spit in your face. And I just, and I'm mm. nervous. And I'm like, let me tell you something. You spit in my face and I'm going to beat your ass like a nigga. Wow. I said, I'm just going to let you know that. Now you have the opportunity. You can't blame it on the alcohol. I'm telling you not. If you spit in my face, I'm gonna beat your ass like a nigga. Now, you, now, now, now that's a choice you gonna make. Cause you spitting in my face, it's gonna be consequences that's gonna come with that. So, and I just stood there. And she just looked at me. And she's like, you like, gave her something to think about. Cause like, I certainly would have thought twice about spitting <laughs> on you if you said that to me. And she looked at me and she like, you ain't gonna do. I'm like, okay, go ahead and spit and find out. So, no, I've never done that, you know. Even though I get upset at women, I try not to even, like, disrespect disrespect you and call you out your name, you know. I, I won't do that. I've learned that from my dad, you know. So I won't call a woman out her name even if I'm upset, you know. Especially if I love you and I care for you, I will never disrespect you and call you out your name. So I'm, I'm, not, uh, 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 I'm not built that way when it comes to that. We have a phone call. Caller? What up, y'all? It's Big J in Dallas. What up, Big J? Jeff, how you doing, folks, man? It's good to see you, man. Man, it's good hearing you, man. Happy 2022 to you, man. You all right? Yeah, man, living good, man. All this is great to hear your voice, man. You know, I love you. Thank um, you. Just don't give her no tanga ray. <laughs> <laughs> Still got that couch. Um, so, big, big facts. I grew up in a family where some of the men in my family, particularly one branch, they did. You, we all know people that do that. Well, that my family was one of those families that didn't care if it was a female. They would put hands on them in a heartbeat, and it it wasn't necessarily just girlfriends. It was cousins, sisters, wives, whatever. Right. They just didn't have that that sense of restraint. Okay. And from from a young age, at different family get-togethers, and sometimes it's alcohol, but it's not even always that. True. Females will will pick at a man over and over and over. And sometimes it's verbal. Sometimes it's being disrespectful. Sometimes it's saying things in front of others. They will do all this stuff before they actually get to the point where they lay hands. Now, let me ask you. if, If a woman smacks at a man or slaps him or whatever else, it's irritating to us. But if we smack a woman or punch her, they break. Right. And I've seen women broken when when they get in conflict with a man. And my whole thing, my whole life has been to recognize when females have those tendencies. Right. They don't have that self-restraint. They don't have those boundaries. They don't have those good judgment. Get the fuck away from them and get away from them early. Because, like, I don't I, I've lived my life with that as a principle. Stay away from that sort of toxicity and drama. Now, let me, not now let me ask you, how old are you? 
I'll be 50 in two years. Okay, now are you married, single, divorced? Married almost 20 years. And you still married now, right? Yeah, I'm the most eligible uh, husband here in Dallas. Okay, well, there you go. Now, throughout the marriage, and not... Wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? Girl, <laughs> hush. Stay focused. <laughs> the most eligible, is that like... The, like That's the... an old Corey Holcomb joke, man. Keep moving. Oh, yeah. Joke. Uh, no, <laughs> so does that mean you're available <laughs> <laughs> other women. Oh, don't, don't, don't let me think I got a shot, girl. You know what I mean? You ain't nothing but a Southwest. You ain't nothing but a buddy pass away. Oh, wow. He in the airline industry. There you go. Shit. He just told all this shit. I am really talking shit now. Nah, nah. I've been married almost 20 years. Just no black kids. Never had no drama. And that's because I live my life avoiding that sort of toxicity. Okay. Uh, now, if, if I understand where you're headed, Jeff, have we ever had conflict in those 20 years? Absolutely. Have, has it ever led to any physical close to that? No. Okay, cool. No. Good. Uh, Good. But that's also because early in the relationship, I have, and she has maintained effective boundaries. So there have been nights we weren't speaking to each other, couldn't couldn't stand. You don't be with somebody that long. Right. You're gonna have those moments. Yeah. But my hard rule has been keep my hands to myself. I don't I don't ever even threaten her with violence. Okay. The worst thing I've ever done is uh, over the years. We had an incident. I just sat on her till she calmed down. That's, that's really the, the, the reality. You weigh more. Does she weigh more than you, or you weigh more than her? Okay. No, nah, I just sat on her. We were trying to get. We had a disrespectful guest. Things were going sideways. Okay. The guest was being escorted out. She wanted to continue out after, and I was like, "Nah, nah, it's over." She wouldn't relent, so I just sat on her until old girl got. That out probably of that made her there. matter. Oh, yeah, she was pissed off. Well, until they start crying. You know, after a while, you know, they can't move. Yeah. You got your knees outside her arms, and she goes, <laughs> as soon as you start hearing that whimper, you're like, oh, all right. Sometimes you got to bypass that. <laughs> well, just, just wait till she, <laughs> it's what you asked for, guys. Yeah. You ain't going nowhere. 130 pounds versus 220. You're not, you're not going to throw me off of you or anything like that. And it wasn't nothing... If, if she hadn't gone outside, it could have escalated to another level. So there was there no could. reason for that. Right. And this there wasn't you. even somebody. This was a guest of a guest. So okay. no reason. To, yeah, I'm never going to see that brown again. Uh, you trying to have a threesome? Oh, no. <laughs> nah. Nah, no. I got how, when I use my passport. There you go. So um, how's everything else been going? You got kids? Uh, two boys, man. My youngest is 17, and we've been uh, racking up the acceptance letters to college. So just. What sport? Keeping an eye on the mailbox. Not none. He's a musician. Oh, okay, cool. Did band all four years. Going to study education and music, and, and we're excited for him. So, is that your youngest or your oldest? That. No, that's my my youngest man, seventeen and twenty seven. So. so you ain't mentioned the twenty seven. So he must not be doing. It. It's always that one. No, nah, he's winning. <laughs> okay, no, nah, exactly. both yeah, my boys. Neither yeah. one of my boys give me any problems, man. I mean, just. Just to be honest with you, I've been very blessed. I don't have no secret advice or anything else, but um, but I'm very proud of both of them. They never had that that one time. Neither one, especially 27. They never had that oh, dad, no, no, no. Yeah, that daddy you moment. Well, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. You there you go. Up on them at yeah. Point. yeah. You know, the first time they get a taste, start smelling themselves. You know, walking around, squaring their shoulders, hips forward in your house. You know, you might have to, you know, rearrange their clothes or something. But that's not to me. That's just parent part of parenting. You oh know, yeah, I mean, setting boundaries and being a disciplinarian is part of fatherhood. So that that doesn't mean I'm 
to be honest with you, when it happened with my oldest, and he was not a, a tough guy like that, but, you know, he, he tried to square up and, okay. Man, you're going to lose this one, homie. Oh, it, it never even got that far. Got him around the throat, put him on the ground. Ooh, you like he tucked, his, he tucked his tail just like he's supposed to. You like sitting on motherfuckers, I see. You know? <laughs> I be guess that's better than getting said, punched. One thing you said that I don't agree with is men don't slap. And I'll be honest with you. I, in my family, we'll slap the shit out of me. Big fat. <laughs> Quick, fast, and hurt. <laughs> yeah, o- open hand slap solves a lot of problems early. Because cool. nobody ever want to get slapped, especially a man. But, man, that's good, but, man, that you're doing well in your family and all that, man. Um, everybody doing well? Everybody tested negative? Y'all still healthy down there? Bro, we've been, we've been be keeping it real private, man. Not a whole lot of get-togethers. We might go down and see my folks from time to time, something like that. But, um, you know, keeping our distance, being responsible, staying away from folks. We're all vaxxed and boosted and, you know, just going to ride this thing out, man. I just want to get on the other side of it and get back to life. You know what I'm saying? That's what well, I'm saying. Well, we this it's, it's part of life now, man. So, hey, man, yeah, yeah, appreciate you calling in, man. Continue to support, listening to us, man. We here for you in the man's world. Um, much continued success and uh, prosperity to you and your loved ones, man. Thanks for calling well, again. Brother. Great talking to you. Y'all be well. Thank oh, you. Oh, stop flirting with these callers like that. You <laughs> get jealous. <laughs> happy, happy New Year. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so this just broke. Um, the killers that killed Ahmad Aubrey have been sentenced to life. A judge on Friday sentenced the three white men convicted of murder of Ahmad Aubrey to life in prison with Travis and Gregory McMichael receiving life without parole. Wow. And William Roddy Bryan receiving life with the possibility of parole. After how many years? I don't I don't have that detail. But okay. Because you know, have been found guilty, guilty. and sentenced, and okay. sentenced. Because a lot of people were concerned. Yeah, because it was his that discretion. They weren't going to get a heavy sentence. Well, no, a lot of people were. I mean, were predicted that um, life without possibility of parole was the max that he could give them. But a lot of people were like, "Well, he's just gonna give them years and all that. They'll be out," you know, because it was the judge's discretion. But yeah. that's good though. That's good because you know they have to um they have to um translate to that to you in months. So Yeah, so So when motherfuckers there be that get, is. So when motherfuckers be getting sentenced and all that and they be like Well oh, they uh, hey, they they got what they deserved. It, absolutely. You know absolutely. So a lot of times And that we, goes back to, you know, you know, now that these you know, like Derek Shavon, he just he didn't even want to go through the federal trial. He just uh, pleaded guilty. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, yo, after I do this state, then I come do that fair time. Yeah. You know, Are so they going to run it concurrent or is, does he have to? It'd probably be consecutive. Mm. So, I mean, and that's what, you know, like you said earlier, a lot of police are being, you know, they're apprehensive about doing their job now. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's uh, like, because if I do my job, I risk the, you know, possibility of going to jail now, you know? Which, you know, if you fucking up on your job, you should go to jail. Yeah, period. You know, you know, you don't have just because you're a police officer, you don't have that, you know, to take it to that abuse to where you, you know, think you in control and you running everything. No, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
How was your New Year's? My New Year's was fine. In fact, last night I went to my very first hockey game. The Kings or the Ducks? The Kings. Okay, cool. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot. Hockey's okay. I and I I I and and my homegirl that that invited me, she's she's just into sports. Period. Okay. Like everything. All so right. she was saying. I, we were talking about how it would be good to see more black people playing hockey. We got. I said, we'll, we'll, there's only a few, right? No, it's, it's it's seventeen or eighteen now. Serious? Yes. Oh, we come a long way. Yes. Because that was to me is a totally white man sport. It is, but, but now I can. But we we played well. People used to play street hockey yes. growing up. On like, roller skates, yeah. 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 So. No, we got 17 to 18 um, professional um, black hockey players now. And it's still the racism there. But them boys is bad on skates, though. Man, I, and then, then seeing them fight, like, oh, yeah, it, it yeah. was exciting. It was, yeah. I was, I yeah. was happy to. And, and the reason why I went is because, you know what? I've never been to a hockey game. I want to just try it because I've never yeah. done it. And it was it was fun. That's one of the things. Um, growing up in Chicago, um, when it was cold outside, and then it's like when the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, didn't play, and the Bears won televised. You know, that was okay. They put hockey on the Blackhawks, so we was watching it then. So yeah, so yeah, but no, uh, we're gonna take over that sport pretty soon too. Yeah, we got a lot of blacks that's interested in it now because they have a junior division in NHL. And it's a lot of blacks in that now. But they're still trying to keep us out, though. But it's heavy um, up in Canada, though. Yeah. You got a lot uh, of blacks playing up in my Canada. My friend now. was saying there's a lot of French Canadians that yeah. play Yeah, black hockey. Canadians, yeah, up in, um, up but in Canada. But she has an inside, and she was saying, I don't know which organization she was referring to, but they want to change the face of hockey on their team. Yeah. They want to get more... Uh, uh, black people in the back office yeah. and um, on the uh, ice. On the ice, yeah, yeah. It's still predominantly white, but I mean, you know. But we took over everything. Tennis. Once we golf. get it, though, yeah, that's the whole, and that's what they they saying. They that's the last true sport that they're trying to hold on to, because they saying once we, you know, the seventeen that's in there now, they said that's enough. Well, according to well the folks in the chat room. Uh, they said, according uh, that hockey was invented by freed slaves, and then according to Hidden Colors, it was invented by black folks in Canada. Yeah, sliding across that ice, trying to get you know across the border. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing just watching the technique with the puck and how you got to be skilled. Yeah, you got to be skilled. That's all coordination. It was fascinating, and it's a hard sport, um, physically. Because you have the, the uniform and the equipment on, and you're using all leg muscles and upper body to push you and using your arms and everything. So you have to be in physical condition to play that sport. Right, and I also learned that they didn't always have plexiglass. No, no. And they put it up in 1979 to stop the players Pucks. from fighting the audience, people in the, in, the, in the stands. No, but sometimes they put it up because... A slap shot, it would ricochet off like the interior of it, and it hit a fan in the face. That's the first thing I was thinking of is yeah. is having that's dangerous. That, oh. Not having the plexiglass. But it was it was, back then the puck didn't kill you, but it was a badge of honor 
If you, you had, know, if it knocked your teeth yeah, out. Yeah, if it knocked your teeth out, you'd be like, <laughs> I'm at a, a, a Chicago Blackhawk game, and you know, and they were short on the news. Oh, wow. You know, so they were short on the news. Wow, so, yeah. nah. But uh-uh. uh, the couple of black players that's in there now, that was one of the main reasons why they pursued hockey. Because it's like, oh, we get to fight? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, I'm good at that Legitly. No, you can physically fight until you hit the ice. Once you hit the ice, they break it up because they don't want yeah, you smashing. Yeah, and smash if you and... draw blood, no, you, you got to you... stay in the penalty box. Yeah. Longer, but if you, but as long as you standing upward on your skates and you the fisticuffs, it can go on two three minutes. <laughs> I done seen some two three minutes. I read somewhere, and I don't know how true this is. They say some of the fights are planned. Yeah, it's like any other sport. A lot of players, a lot of teams hire that person. Doesn't he can't score? He can't play defense. So what they do is they send that person in to like go get that person. Go fuck that person up. Wow. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, Willy Wonka says, hockey player can brawl, but NBA players get suspended for pushing each other. Yeah. It's a whole different, I guess. You know, but yeah, but then, you know, in basketball, it's like you don't have no protection. Yeah. You don't have no protection. That's why in hockey, you can fight upward. You can fight upward. But once you go to the ice, that's when they break it up because they don't want you to take, you know, they don't want you to slam that person's head on the ice or anything. Yeah, but I noticed their helmets, too, don't protect them from the puck. No, they got to wear helmets now. Yeah, they wear yeah. helmet. Didn't they always wear no. helmets? No, 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 no. And the padding was, the padding is not like it is now. No, just like football. You go back to the 50s and the 60s and you look at the uniforms compared to today. Oh, my God. Mm. No. No, and uh, and they, and back then in football, they played on um, on grass. They played on grass, now which they is play a lot. On too. Yeah, and that's a lot harder though. Yeah. So I mean, but you know, you got all these you know modern technologies with you know the thermal this and the thermal that, and you know, it's like they playing like in Batman suits. So if you get hit, you know you well protected. Back then, you just had the old shoulder pads that came across under the arms like that. Ain't had nothing for your ribs or nothing. So mm. all that was like open game, wide open. Wow. And back then, you could use your head in football to come in first. Mm. Now you can't use your head now. Mm. So you got to hit like upper body and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, but it was exciting. So shout out to my homegirl, Lynette, for the invitation. Are you going to go again? Yeah, if I get invited again, I do. I did enjoy it. It was it was fun to watch did you drink i had a beer okay was any fights in the stands no fights in the stands but i was like dang it shows a lot of white folks here but they did have some um some black people couple black people and and it was most in la most of the sports events are white and latino yeah yeah so except um, for the lakers yeah Lakers is all, you know, black and Clippers. Yeah, but Latinos like, out here, they are loyal sports fans to whatever they like. Yeah. Like to the Dodgers, to the Rams. And none of them, and they just, to me, it's over loyalty. To Ice Cube. Yeah. And it's, Snoop. It, I mean, it's you op- go to their concerts, yeah. that's what you go see. But it's like, it's over loyalty because it's like, really, y'all can't even play the sport. And y'all talking most shit. You know, it's about like, wow. Because I went to a Lakers game once and I remember. I forgot it was these Hispanics and they was literally sitting there talking shit to Kobe. And I'm like, 
you motherfuckers, y'all fat. Y'all can't even run up and down the court. Y'all can't even guard. So, yeah, that's how we are. Um, all right, that's it for us today. Yeah, thanks, you guys, for hanging on. And hopefully Lewis feels better. Um, well, that was just a setup because we really trying to just get him out of here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cordis gave him something. I so hope he, he ain't got that wrong, that flu rona. <laughs> that new shit that's yeah. out here. Yeah. Um, so. Thank you all for um, listening to In a Man's World. No, Lewis, he um, he fell ill. Um, he will be back next week. Um, once again, we want to thank our call-in guest, Zoom, Guy Tory. Um, he did an amazing job interview. Thank you, Portis. Um, um I do want to put out there, you guys, if you guys um enjoy the show please support the show you can cash app us paypal venmo um i will admit things have been a little slow around here due to the holiday and the pandemic so we'd appreciate any support that you can give to the studio and for the show there you go and if you in la each and every thursday night at the uh, Lamar Park, Bring It To Me Comedy at the Regency West 3339 West 43rd Street. You can come see me perform, Lewis Dix, um, Keith Look Around, Morris, and Mad Marv. Um, we'll be there. Yeah, Marv is supposed to come on after you guys next week to do a tribute to Demilitant. To, to, to so look for Mad Marv to come in. He says he's sober now. Yeah, he has. Okay, because I put my him. I put my foot in his ass. So no no yeah. drunk Merv. No drunk Merv. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we remember them days. All right. Thank you guys. All right. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>